The next in our series on the Beatitudes is taken from Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen. We welcome you today to Weston Park Baptist Church as we carry on with our virtual services. We've been looking at the Beatitudes, and today we consider the fourth Beatitude. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled or they will be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. We've been talking about Christ's teaching, the essence of his teaching, and the upside-down world of Jesus, that his core values are very different than the values that our world operates with. And I think as we hear this one, it's a little hard to relate to as moderns. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, particularly for us in the West. For many peoples in our world, not a problem. But for us, with all of our comfort and with our convenience and with the abundance that we have in the West of food and water, um, hungering and thirsting for those elements perhaps is a little hard to relate to. When was the last time you were really hungry? When was the last time you were really thirsty? It, it might be good to consider those uh, times because that's the image that Jesus is using here. In the ancient world, particularly in the Middle East, in Israel, uh, day farmers that are, are just sort of working for their pay one day at a time could very much be hungering and thirsting. But for us today here in Canada, the United States, harder to relate to. Our times in Bolivia as a church, several teams, we have been with people. Last family we were with in Miske, where we were working with their house to prevent chagas, uh, the one house had no water and they had to go get to water, they had to go to a well, like a communal well. Um, so for them, they could very much be very thirsty. They didn't have access right away. Or other places, I've been north of Cochabamba up in the mountains. There were no wells. There were villages with no wells at all. And so that project actually was to dig wells so that each village would have their own. So as moderns here in the West, challenge to relate to this perhaps, other Parts of the world, peoples, get it quickly. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. That's kind of where we're going. The image that I like from the Psalms is of the deer panting for water. So Psalm 42, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? So Psalm 42 and others speak about this longing and desire to know God more. So we can kind of hold on to that verse as we carry on. So Matthew 5, 6 today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We remember that the Beatitudes fall into three portions. And the first is the blessing, blessed, makarios. 
So be encouraged, how fortuitous. Happy are good news. Everyone is invited to enjoy the good news. Everyone is blessed as we come into relationship with God, regardless of our circumstances, good or bad in the moment, if we know God or in relationship with him, Jesus says we are blessed, makarios. So hopefully that is our dynamic. Again, we don't always feel that as a subjective truth, but as an objective truth, Jesus says we are blessed. If we turn and depend on him, we are blessed. And it's both now and the future. It isn't something that just happens in the future. As someone says, we don't have to wait until we are dead to enjoy this blessing. Right now, if we go to God, look to him, depend on him, lean on him, Jesus says we are blessed. So that's the opening phrase. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Open your hearts and your minds to God. Someone else says not to roll around in the past or the future. Be in the now. Depend on him right now. Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. So today, we look and we depend and lean. That's the invitation. Don't worry about tomorrow. Stay. Don't roll around in the past, don't roll around in the future. Try to be in the moment. Jesus seemed to be able to do that. And the statement, blessed, encourages us in a similar way. The second part of the beatitude is the target group. So the target group here are those who have a spiritual hunger, those who have a spiritual appetite. So Jesus talks about this at another place in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 33, but strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So strive first for that kingdom. Is there really a spiritual hunger? In the Old Testament, the psalmist writes, we looked at this in the summer, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Psalm 34, verse 8. So it is speaking to people whose supreme ambition is not materialistic, it's not pursuit of possessions, it's wanting to be in relationship with God. That is truly number one. It's a desire for spiritual insight, a desire to go deeper in our relationship with him. That is, that is what Jesus is saying. When we are like that, we are blessed. Because that's really the most important thing. If we get lost, get lost in all these secondary things, that, that, then we're, we're beginning to drift. We're like in the ocean and we're drifting with the current. It's interesting, you know, when you dive, if you're in a current, the current pushes you and you don't notice it right away. And you can be being pushed, being pushed, being pushed. And you can be 100 yards down the road and, and, and you don't even know it. You can be off target a long way. You come back up and you're looking for where home base is and you can't even find it because the currents pushed you. And that's, that's the way we can be. So Jesus is saying, what is our spiritual insight, our spiritual appetite? What really do we want? What do you want? As we're coming out of COVID-19, what do you want? And for many of us, is we just want to get back to normal. We want to get back to usual. 
Well, that may not be what, what God is really wanting. Maybe this whole thing has been an invitation for you and for me to go deeper with him and not simply to get back to normal, the usual. So the Beatitudes are not about life as normal, life as the usual scene. The Beatitudes are calling us to this upside-down world of Jesus. It's a change. But we so quickly move back to just what we're comfortable with. So then, second part, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. So what is that about? We can go a little bit deeper with that. I think it falls into three dimensions, and one is righteousness with God, to be right with God, to be hungering and thirsting for God is wanting to be in real relationship with him. Tealiki gets it when he says to get in the clear with God. That's it. I want to get in the clear with God. I want to be solid in my relationship with him. I want to make my yes a real yes and, and not be messing around and always going back and forth. I want to be solid in that, not vacillating all the time. And, and this rightness with God is gift. It's, it's all gift from him. We don't earn it. It's just simply opening up our hands, our arms, our eyes, our mind, our heart to him and receiving what he wants to give us. And the only thing that we bring to the table is faith. The only thing we bring is a heart that's open. Instead of clenched fists, we open our hands now and says. And so to be right with God, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, well, then that's the first part of that paradigm. Secondly, it's, it's our own conduct, our appropriate conduct, conduct which pleases God. An inner righteousness, not simply following rules, but a heart that hungers to know God, and then from our heart flows out our conduct. So we want to stay in relationship with God so that it is made evident and manifested in how we live. So Mary talked about that in, in the Magnificat, Luke 1. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away, a humble heart, a humble, open heart, wanting to live with God and before God in a way that is honest and not hypocritical, not play-acting. So Mary certainly gets that. Or the psalm, first psalm, talks about another beatitude, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. Happy are those, happy are those, blessed are those whose conduct really flows from where their heart is, their main thing is in relationship with God. So righteousness in terms of our behavior, how that flows out. So being right with God, and then rightness in terms of our own day-to-day -day living. We know when that's happening or not. We know when we're saying yes. We know when we're saying no. No one has to teach us on that. You know. I know. 
So do our steps indeed flow from that heart relationship with God? And then thirdly, there's righteousness as social conduct. There's righteousness in the sense of the community. So for us together, working for the freedom uh, of others, freedom from oppression, seeking justice for all, integrity in business, all, all of this is our concern for one another. How are, how are we doing that? How are we as a church engaged in a way that is concerned for the other? Over the years, of course, we had the front lines ministry that was very concerned for uh, the children in the area. A long time we did that. Now, now, that was part of this, righteousness as social conduct, helping others so that they might have a foot forward going ahead both spiritually and physically, emotionally. We hope to continue to do that in the project next door in, in whatever ways that you know, comes to fruition. But it's righteousness as social conduct. So being right with God, right in terms of our behavior, and then right in terms of others. That's all part of this hungering and thirsting for righteousness. So it's not some abstract idea that's out there in the sky just floating around, you know, on the cloud, in the web, internet world. It's, it's, it's solid. It is real. It's something that we can look at and, and say yes or no to. So the target group, then, is the group that is hungering, thirsting for righteousness. So righteousness in this holistic way. So I say again, this is not life as usual. This is an utterly submersive, change upside down world of Jesus that's that's changing things that wants us to live differently to be light not darkness but the problem is is we are always tempted to drift back to the old ways and so we need to keep looking to God, keep looking to him, trusting, depending. We'll say more about that. Righteousness as this upside-down world of Jesus that lives differently, both emotionally, mentally, from our heart, in our actions, that's hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And then thirdly, what is the reward? What's the reward? The Beatitudes have a reward. And here it is, a lovely statement, for they will be satisfied. They will be filled. They will be slaked. It is a promise to us that God will fill us up. And that is a promise. If we really want to know God, if you really want to know God here, this year, this fall, 2021, if you really want to know him, the scriptures are saying that God will respond to us and that we will. He will satisfy that desire. And the end game of that is that we will be happy. Blessed are you. We will be happy. Circumstances in life may go up and down. There's always going to be things that are messed up and we want to see change. But fundamentally, the beatitude is saying if we really want to know God, God will satisfy our needs and our desires and we will be happy. Pretty straight ahead. We will be satisfied. We will be filled up. That's what 
the promise is. And the biblical image that captures this for us is the, is the messianic table, is the messianic banquet. So Isaiah talks about this. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-matured wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-matured wine strained clear. Note, and he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations, and he will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And when I read that, I, I thought, wow, that's, that's an interesting image. It's the messianic banquet that God will satisfy our needs and wants and desires completely. That's the messianic banquet, and we'll note the similar reference in the book of Revelation in the New Testament. But note verse 7, the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. I think that very much is the way our world is. It's like our world is covered with this shadow, and the shadow is us just nesting around, wanting all of what our needs met immediately, immediately, immediately. We call it sin. We talked about it last week. Whatever happened to sin, there's a shadow. There is a cast, a sheet that is spread over all the world. And it gets manifested in war, in, in famine, oppression of people. It goes on and on. But the messianic banquet is the banquet where that is taken away and God meets our needs. So that's an image. But Jesus is saying, here and now we are blessed and God will satisfy our needs. Revelation 19, 9. Write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. There's another reference, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So then what, what, what is the reward? The reward is that God will satisfy our needs and our wants, that he is the one who will satisfy us, nothing else. Houston Smith says, we can never get enough of what we really do not want. I think that's an interesting statement. We can never get enough of what we really do not want meaning what our heart really longs for. So we can never get enough of money or fame or power or sex or security or stuff. There's never enough. We will always want more of that, he recognizes, that we can never get enough of what we really do not want. And Augustine puts it this way, our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. So what will really satisfy Our triune God is who satisfies us, creator, redeemer, for you and for me. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. So that's the third part, three parts of the Beatitudes. So as we kind of sum up and bring it to a close, we, we think of the third beatitude, our mourning over our loss and sin, over our own brokenness. We talked about that. 
And then when we do that, it leads us to this yearning for goodness, a wholehearted desire to know God, which is the fourth beatitude. We can see how they are connected. If we mourn over our sin, if we are honest, open our eyes and hearts really, then that hopefully will lead us to wanting to know God and to seek goodness. That, that's the idea. So if that's the case, then we are to be filled by looking to God. And I would just say that this filling process is continual. It's not that we just look once and are filled. That's not how it works, right? Even our physically. Our thirst comes back, we need to drink. Our hunger comes back, we need to eat. And so even as we do need to do this in a physical world, in a spiritual world, we also have to thirst and hunger, eat and drink spiritually so that we will be filled up. It's an ongoing, continual process. Indeed, all the Beatitudes are that way. It's not once off, it's always. These are the values of Christ, values of the kingdom that we are invited to live in. So it's an ongoing reality, that's our desire. Jesus says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. But the image is we keep drinking of that. We keep drinking down the water that God gives us in Christ. So it's an ongoing value, it's an ongoing practice. That is our desire to look to God. Keep filling up. So then just what, 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 it, what is your way of filling up? What is your way of eating and drinking the righteousness of God and being with him so that we are filled up? And don't keep sliding back to the old ways. So you and I, we need to do our own work to figure out what those disciplines are. They may change over time, but your job is to stay tight with God, get in the clear with God in an ongoing way and to drink from the well of Jesus in an ongoing way. And the invitation for that is for me as well. We do it together. We do it as a community of faith. Keep eating, keep drinking, keep trusting, keep depending, looking to him. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. They will be slaked. God will provide for us. May we open up our hearts and minds. May we say yes. May we receive this water of life from Jesus coming to us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, May that be your reality this week in Jesus' name.